Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 8 of the Smash Through Podcast. I'm your host, Easy, and I'm joined by my co-host, The Witch Clang. Hey, how's it going? All right, Matt, I got a question for you. Yeah. It's episode 8. We started this podcast last year. It's a monthly podcast. How many episodes do you think we've missed this year as we're recording in July? Uh, Not very many, I would guess. Maybe one. We've missed February and April, and that is it. Okay. And Yeah, that's fair. And I was impressed that I was like, oh my gosh, we did May, June, and we're doing July. I was like, we're so, <laughs> we're so on top of it. And I was like, wait a second, how many episodes have we even missed of the of the year this year? So it's really coming together. It's all coming up us. Uh, speaking <laughs> of speaking of witch clings or witch kings, I just uh, I just finished uh, the Lord of the Rings extended editions for the first time in my life last night. Nice. Yeah, we're doing uh, on the Nerd to Nerd podcast this week is is uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy, and I was like, well, I want to watch the extended. Like I've watched the original theatrical cuts like a bunch of times, but yeah, it was uh, it was it was cool. How much more content did they have in the extended cuts? I mean, each of them is like over four hours. Okay, so like quite a lot then. Yeah, almost an extra thirty three percent content, really. Yeah, like there's a scene in the in the two towers where Boromir takes the Riverland or takes the river, and it's like a really important scene that tells you a lot that I am uh. shocked was not in. <laughs> I yeah. was like, how did they cut this? This is so good. So it'll be it'll be interesting to talk about on that podcast. We're not here to talk about Lord of the Rings and Matt Clang's love of uh, <laughs> the king of... What is it? The king of... Which king of Angmar? Angmar. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Uh, we're going to talk about Smash. And uh, the point of this podcast is to be getting better all the time. We want to be always improving. Doing everything that we can along with the listeners. Is, games like Smash are just really tough. Like, they're so hard. You, like, go... You think you learned something, and then you, like, can't get it later. you got... There's so much going on all the time. you got split priorities. Not everybody can just, like, you know, grind 60 hours of Smash a week. Um, but, Matt, what have you been doing to improve at Smash this month? Um, I think that I have been focusing on my movement more with Zero Suit, because it's super important. Um, it's, like, basically what she does as a character is just, like, movement stuff, so... You know, just making sure that I'm uh, a little more crisp on all the stuff that I'm trying to do. Nice. How do you how do you go about doing that? Uh, mostly in the lab. Like, just uh, you know, I'll I'll have something on Netflix or whatever, and just be practicing movement while I'm watching. Nice. I I've heard a lot of people do that. I have not tried that. Maybe I should give them a try. I bet that like I could catch up on a lot of animes that way. Yeah, I think that the key is that you kind of have to be already pretty good at it, like whatever you're trying to practice, because if you, a bad practice doesn't help, right? Like you kind of have to be doing it right. <laughs> but if it's just like, you know, reinforcing that muscle memory, then it's fine. Yeah, that's really fair. Like, but I do think that like getting short hops down and like getting, uh, getting like, I mean, like one thing that I'm really good at in Smash is like foxtrotting with characters and just knowing intuitively who needs to foxtrot now. And that came from doing that in the lab. Um, yeah. So, like, being able to get that with other movement stuff would probably be really beneficial for me. So, it's cool that you're... Not only that you recognize that that's, like, important with CSS, that's, like, one of the reasons that I found Greninja so hard is that his movement is so different. So, you have to focus on his movement a lot, especially because he's out of shield options, 
aren't very good. And for Zero Suit, I assume that it's the same because her grab's not very good. Yeah, her out-of-shield options aren't good, and uh, more than that, like just any situation where you're trading with your opponent is really bad, so you really have to uh, abuse her speed to make anything work out for you. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, for me, I kind of talked about this last time on the podcast, what I was going to be doing the next month, and I fall through. I have been playing a lot more online. Um, I played batches before we started this podcast. Um, I didn't realize how far, like, K. Rule and Wolf were in the dumpster. Uh, like, they were in, like, 2 million GSP. So, oh, wow. Yeah, they were, like, really far down there. Um, but we're just, like, we're not that far away from winning Elite with both and, like, you know, really chugging along with, you know, with the wins on Wi-Fi. I have... I have now experience. I don't know if this was on the podcast, but I was like, how do you get those weird random rule sets, Matt? Like, that never even happens to me. I'm not even on Elite with these characters. I have had it happen twice in, like, my last, I don't know, 20 games. Yeah. Where I, I, I suspect that you just had, like, a small sample size. It doesn't happen very often. It's, like, one out of 100 games or something. You have something weird happen, but... Yeah, and I'm including somebody that, like, picked, like, a... like a Whatever the... Sh- I had to have been, like, the shortest timer uh, mm-hmm. as, as one of the rule sets. I include that as, like, that's... That's BS. I actually watched a Larry Lur either video or clip where he's like, if somebody does this, it is your moral obligation to time them out to punish yeah. them for doing this. Yeah, I certainly I certainly do that when it's when it's obviously advantageous. If they're if they're gonna select a three minute timer, then you know. That's what it was. It was three minutes, and I yeah. was like, This is BS. Like, seriously? Funny funny enough, I was actually just playing a game of Wi Fi right before we played this, right before we started recording. And uh I was playing Fox against Roy, and we I, I had won our first game on my rule set, and then we went to their rule set, which was 4-minute FTD, and uh, I was I literally had killed them. Like, they were in the middle of their death fall, and then there was one second left on the timer, and then it went down to zero when they were, like, you know, still in the air on the way down to the blast zone on their last stock. Yeah. And uh, they ended up beating me in, in sudden, death. sudden death, so, yeah. That sucks. Yeah. It is what it is. Don't do that, folks. Who, who, what's the point <laughs> in a four-minute timer? Come on. What are you trying to get? Uh, so that's going to do it for Always Improving. I, 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 The reason that I don't want to get too far into the, like, the Wi-Fi stuff and you know the reason that I'm doing it is because that's the point of the topic today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the value of online and kind of using it to improve at Smash in different ways. Uh, but that being said, uh, well, the fourth Thursday is coming up. And it is in two weeks as of the time of the recording. I'll be in the He's a Game Media Discord uh, that night with an arena. So come jump in. I'm trying to do that every month. I did it two months ago. Missed it last month for, uh, for personal reasons. But, we, you know, we're, we are one for two. 50% on doing it. But I will be doing it this month. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it'll be it'll be a good time. Uh, smash through... Uh, uh, this wonderful podcast was once again uh, mentioned on Feedspot. We're a top ten podcast, man. I just I promised them that I'd mention it, and you know it's cool. It's cool to be a top ten podcast. And this top ten podcast is giving away a Nintendo Switch and Smash uh, when we had a thousand subs on the YouTube's. Uh, that number did go up for the first time in a while, so it looks like people people been paying attention. Uh, but share the podcast, get that going. Uh, we'll give a, we'll give it away to a YouTube subscriber. If you're just listening on iTunes or Spotify, heading over to YouTube. Make sure you subscribe there uh, so that you know you can be entered to win that. It's honestly a pretty great deal. Like I I think that the I mean it costs nothing to subscribe on YouTube, right? So uh, 
yeah, definitely you got nothing to lose there. So, with that being said, let's talk about the value of online play. Matt, uh, what, what, how would you define, like, what is Smash Online? Um, I mean, I, I'm not really sure what the question is. Like, what am I trying to get out of it? I mean, obviously, I think most huh. of us are familiar with what Smash Online actually is. Well, I think this is a good, this, I think it is actually a question. Like, for some people, like, is Smash Online... Is it is it quick play? Is it arenas? Is it tournaments? Like, what is it? I would say the. I mean, I don't think that there are that many people that just like jam arenas that often. Um, I, I mean, I have tried it in the past. It is nice because you get different stage selections. Um, but for the most part, I would I would relate Smash Online with just you know quick play Elite Smash. Yeah. And, and I think that that is what most people think about when they talk about online. And one of the things that I wanted to engage in the conversation today was, is there other ways to do it? What is the best ways to do it? How, when should I be engaging in these different ways? Um, mm -hmm. Before we do that, though, the reason that I wanted to bring up this topic is because I, you know, people in the Smash community, at least like from an outsider's perspective, right? We come from another game where online grinders... Um, have always like transferred pretty well into you know pro tour invites and and you know competing at high levels of the game right and what's really interesting is i don't know that there's very much like anymore there used to be but there's not like a stigma around it anymore in fact a lot of results are driven by online play in 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 other games right and in smash it seems like it seems like there's this stigma behind it, like, oh, they're just a Wi-Fi warrior. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to throw out some names, and you tell me if they came out through Wi-Fi or not. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Tweak. I would guess no, but it's based yes. on you asking him. It's okay. yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, I get it. That guy's pretty good. Yeah. What about, like, uh, what about, I don't know, there's this guy named Spargo that was for a long time considered the best online player in the world, but, like, could he ever break through? Is, where did that guy come from? Yeah, that that one's definitely the first one that comes to mind when I think of Wi-Fi Warriors. Um, or, like, when they had... They used to have the Wi-Fi Warrior rankings. I don't know if they still do, but uh, people really started paying attention during during the pandemic when, you know, that was all we had. Yeah. And you also saw a lot of the... Uh, you know, conversely, you had a lot of the uh, players that normally you'd only see at uh, uh, IRL events starting to break into these Wi-Fi warrior... Uh, yeah, like, Send did really well for, like, a couple months there, right? Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, I would consider him, like, he's always kind of been a Wi-Fi player. That's true. I was true. thinking, like, you know, Leo, and uh, there were some others that, like, you know, I think Tweak, actually, is another good example. Like, I didn't consider him to be a Wi-Fi player prior. Right, because he was he a Wi-Fi warrior in Smash 4, and then... Yeah. Yeah. He actually did kind of break into the Wi-Fi warrior's top 10 or whatever once, once everybody could only play online. Yeah. Uh, another one uh, that started on Wi-Fi, uh, you know, you've got, uh, oh man, I'm going to get, is it, it's Didi. Um, I don't remember what his old name was, but Didi, the yeah, former, the, uh, the, he's, he's now a, a Steven. He just top at an event. You've got, uh, and then you've got, uh, what about a cola? Where did a cola come from? Uh, Cola came from no, online for sure. Oh yeah, Acola, I have no idea. Acola and Cola both came from online. Yeah. So like, it's really weird that Smashers have this bias. Um, 
And to be honest, like as somebody that was new to the game, like when I was new, I believed them. I was like, oh, okay, so Wi-Fi is not good practice. I shouldn't be trying it. It's not helpful. And that just, it's just blatantly not true if you look at the results of those Wi-Fi grinders who, who make it through. And I think that the difference and the thing that we're going to try to set up here is giving a lens through which to look at online play that helps you transfer that into tournament results. Um, so uh, with that being said, uh, I want to start with something that I know is true that has really made Smash worse for me because of the where I live and the situation that I'm in with my ISP. I want, I want to talk about the importance of a good setup. And what I mean by that is hardline internet. Like, uh, if you don't have a Nintendo Switch OLED, it means that your dock does not have access to hardline internet without purchasing an adapter. You get the adapters on Amazon for pretty cheap, um, but this this is kind of key, Matt. Why is that? Uh, it leads to a lot more stable of a connection. It's not always necessarily like a lot faster, but it is way more stable. Like if you ever are playing a game of Wi-Fi and you notice like a little bit of like lag here and there, uh, that's usually due to not hardline connection. And actually, uh, I don't know if this is still the case, but I remember uh, during the pandemic, a lot of the online tournaments were requiring hardline. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Uh, hardline, hundred percent required, and you can you can get DQ'd if if you if they do a Wi-Fi check. And I don't know if it's required anymore, but they can do a lag check on you or something along those mm-hmm. lines. Yeah, they can definitely do lag checks, but I I know that it was also hardline required uh, at one point at least. So that that's really important, not just for like tournaments, though. I think it's important for like the quality of play that you're going to try to get as we kind of go through this stuff. I would also recommend something that I don't think a lot of people realize. Um, you know, if you're going to play online, uh, I would recommend having a monitor with like a pretty decent refresh rate. Um, I, I sometimes play on a monitor with a little bit of a lower refresh rate and is only uh, 480p. And it, it sometimes can, like, actually mess me up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it compounds the issue with, like, things like the the short delay um, with mm-hmm. where my character is to where they look like they're on my screen because of the refresh rate and the 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 resolution. Yeah, I can I can see that. Um, it's like, for those who don't know, uh, Smash Online plays on a four-frame delay. So, like, your inputs are all four frames after uh, you input them. And uh, that doesn't seem like a lot, but you can certainly compound it with a lot of different things. So let's talk about how to use Smash Online. So first, I want to talk about something that we kind of we kind of addressed at the beginning. But Matt, what are some ways to engage with Online Smash? You talked about kind of the biggest one, right? You've got that Elite Smash Quick Play mode. What 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 is why is that the most common way to engage? Uh, I think it's just the easiest to find a, a different opponent in five seconds, right? Like it just—it's just something you can go in. It's real easy to do. Jump in there uh, at any point, and you'll find somebody to play against. Yeah, it really it, there's it, it does not take that long to find an opponent. Like I I play um, something like MTG Arena, for example, and there are times where it actually can take quite a while to find an opponent compared to Smash. Right. Yeah, I mean that. That being said, I do play sometimes at like you know five a.m. or four a.m. or whatever, and like it does, it does take maybe a minute or so depending on where your where your GSP is at. Like in Elite Smash, people are playing all the time. Like I never take more than f- like five seconds to find a match in Elite. But 
So, um, should we talk about the difference between Elite Smash and non-Elite Smash and some of the benefits really quick on that one? Um, sure. Well, I just, I just think that, like, uh, there are interesting things that don't happen to me anymore, but, like, used to happen to me, where uh, I would get, like, multiplayer games and uh, games with items on a lot more often when Smash first came out through the mm -hmm. online system. And while it happens rarely, um, one of the really important things to do when you're engaging with online is actually have a set rule set um, that you're really happy with and that also is really common with other people. Uh, mm -hmm. So th to me, Matt, that, that is, uh, is, it, is it seven minutes or eight minutes, uh, either small battlefield or FD? Yeah, I think seven minutes is the most you can do on Wi-Fi. There we go. Um, so seven minutes small battlefield, I think, is the literal most common rule set people said. Uh, that sounds right to me. That's the rule set I use. So yeah, I'm sure it's the one that I use too. And the reason for that is because what what the way Smash Ultimate is going to pair you, the way the way the online is going to pair you, it's going to try to find people with closest rule sets to you, and then it's going to pick one. So if you have the exact same rule set, it's really easy to just keep going in and in and in. It does mean that you know when you that you're going to get a lot of practice on whatever you have, and I do know that some there's some benefit to like switching between. FD Battlefield and Small Battlefield for this reason. However, uh, I do find that when I'm on Battlefield is when I get the most random type of, of pairings. Interesting. So I think that the main reason why I prefer Small Battlefield is because it's the most neutral of those three stages for sure. Like uh, Battlefield and, and FD tend to be a lot more polarizing. So uh, if you are trying to practice any kind of matchup, it might not be... I mean, if you, get, if you want to get Little Mac and Kazuya practice, like, you could really pick FD. Yeah, but the thing is, you're never going to play against a Kazuya or a Little Mac on FD in a tournament. That's true. You, that's just not, it's just not good practice. That's what I'm saying. That's fair. Um, that's a good point. And, like, the same thing about, like, you know, Mario get, go on Battlefield is probably not going to happen to you because you'll just ban that stage. I think, I think that's a fair point. Uh, so... Elite Smash offers a, a couple things. One, you're going to get less of that type of stuff. And then two, um, you get access to arenas, which is the next way to engage uh, that are Elite Smash only arenas where you can open up and invite people in uh, and, and do a Mets segment where you get to pick stages. You you know, you get you get access to that. And that is another way to engage. Matt, you, you've done this. I've done this. How do you think find that that compares to um, to quick play? Uh, it's usually pretty good. Uh, the The wait times are a lot longer, which is why I don't tend to do it very often. Um, and sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. Like as much as like people tend to meme on Elite Smash, like there are definitely people that join arenas that are just really there to meme. Every time you play against a Captain Falcon, like they're just like literally fishing for that Captain Falcon punch clip. Yeah, I certainly think that some arenas can do that. I, I do find that like. Um, one of the nice things that can happen is uh, you get a lot of games against the same character and, like, get to learning a lot more there. Or, like, the rematches can happen, but you're not in control of that rematch, right? In Without without that. So I think that that's a huge benefit. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not really in control of the rematch on arenas either, but you're probably playing against people that are more inclined to rematch. That's true. That's fair. That's a good point. Um... The last one is online tournaments. Matt, uh, when, are we, when are we signing up for the next coin box? Um, I don't know. That sounds like a really good time, though. I'm surprised that we don't do that more often, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, I think I, it's just because they're on Wednesdays, and like I find that you know, at least I tend to be busy on Wednesdays a lot. Yeah, they are on Wednesdays. We got to do it though. Quinbox sounds like a good time. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that I can free up a Wednesday at some point. Yeah, I'm sure that I can find like I, I could try out the the Ethernet uh, through the through the um, through the walls technique for for a little while to see if that helps to, to try yeah. it out. But no, I, I think that Coinbox is the example that I use because it is a. It used to be weekly. I don't think that it's weekly right now. Uh, uh, Smash Ultimate tournaments that just run for thousands of dollars every week. And, you know, during the pandemic, uh, you know, I, I played some online tournaments. I don't think you've played any online tournaments yet, Matt. Um, I have not played any, yeah. Uh, but Which it, is actually surprising now that we're talking about it. Yeah. Uh, and it is it is a really interesting way to engage with the game where, you know, you don't, you don't have time to drive out to a local or you want to get practice against players from outside of your region. Um, really good way to, to try things out and to, you know, do things a little bit differently. Yeah, and I mean, on back onto the subject of all these Wi-Fi warriors that came up, like we don't know about them because of their, you know, their, their uh, quick play in, in Elite Smash. Yeah, it's 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 really these online tournaments that is, uh, you know, yeah. having their success. Yeah, I think Sonics also might be one that came up through online. Oh yeah, Sonics, yeah, big one for sure. Yeah, and so you know, looking for these online tournaments as a as an opportunity to get tournament experience from the comfort of your your gaming chair is like a really big deal, I think. Mm-hmm. So let, let's talk about what you're trying to take away from each, and let's let's start with quick play, Matt. What are you trying to take away from quick play? Um, for the most part, I mean, and this is going to be true of most of the elite Smash games, to be honest, as well. But uh, in quick play, I'm mostly just trying to learn how to play my own character, not really necessarily worrying about what my opponent is doing. Um, sometimes, like quick play, is good uh, to learn how to beat specific cheese like for example the uh roy i just played against was like only doing side b's and they would just like mix up the timing slightly and like but they would they would finish it every time but it was always like you know either faster or slower version of the same side b and like it was almost the only move they did in neutral and it's something you actually do kind of have to know how to beat because it's not it's not as free as you would imagine with for certain characters like if you don't have a disjoint it's actually hard to get in one yeah uh I've actually uh, started to actually enjoy this aspect a lot of of uh, quick play. Uh, even today, like uh, I had I had an opponent that was fishing for stuff with Byleth, and I actually both learned from it and also was able to focus on specific things because of the way that they were playing. I knew that I could get grabs on them, which meant that I could practice different angled forward tilts, uh, making sure that my up tilt timing was perfect, um, stuff like that uh, for the berry combos or for the berry confirms. And that, like, I just used those matches as an opportunity to do that. I think that's the way you kind of have to engage and what you need to look for um, when you're thinking about quick play. Mm -hmm. Because it makes the experience more enjoyable. Like, I don't enjoy ladder play. I don't care what my GSP is, but I do want to play more games of Spanish. Right. And I think that's something that we haven't really touched on yet, which is, like, does GSP matter in this specific world? Uh, does it matter as, like, a badge of honor? No. Does it matter as in your opponents get better? Yeah. Yeah. So... so I think your, pra- your practice gets better as your GSP gets better. Yeah, and, uh, I think that there's... So the value here becomes you're improving with your opponents, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that, um, 
there there's a lot of at least some of you like me so if you're listening you're like oh, i hate letter play i can't do this i suffer terribly from letter anxiety it it drives me up the wall and the way that i'm approaching it right now is exactly what i just talked about where it's like okay i'm i'm if i'm gonna play these these characters right like i've only played k rule and and wolf since i made that statement and one of the reasons is because they're the characters that I right now enjoy the most. They're the characters that I'm using in tournaments, and they're the characters that I want to get into Elite Smash uh, that are not there that I want that extra practice with. But I also don't hold myself to like the last game played, and I don't force myself to play the next game after every loss if I'm upset about something. And the it's hard for people like like I know other people who suffer from letter anxiety where that loss like. And like watching that GSP drop is is like physically painful, and I don't know. I I have not even like looked at my GSP uh, as I've been, and it might be a little bit easier because I was in the dumpster and I was just destroying people for a while. Um, but by doing that, I've gained some confidence that I can get back to where I want to get. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, to be honest, I find the the dumpster to be the hardest part of playing quick play in general. Like, I just feel like. You play against a lot of uh, bad internet connections and uh, people just trying to cheese and uh, one of the know, one of the nice things matches. one of the nice things that I noticed the other day when one of my opponents disconnected is that they got rid of the, them disconnecting uh, to not lose GSP. They if you disconnect you you get the loss mm-hmm. and you but you still don't gain GSP though. Oh, does the other that's, person? That's not been the case it? all the time. Yeah, yeah. If you disconnect, you still lose GSP, but your opponent doesn't gain it. It's just literally the salt play. Wow, that's so rude. Yeah, right. I, I remember when I was grinding into Elite Smash with Steve. Like I was one game away from Elite Smash for like forty-five games in a row because people just kept disconnecting. It was actually insane. That is. Ne- I've literally never had so many disconnects, and like apparently people just hate Steve because I was, like I said, I think I won like. 18 out of my 20 matches that were like winning ins and like 17 of them disconnected. I was like, okay, whatever. That's frustrating, man. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that's kind of like the quick play takeaway. Is there anything else that you think people should be trying to take away from quick play? I think it really depends on what character I'm playing, uh, how much, how, how I feel about quick play in general. Like, I think is, I have a much is... better mindset if I'm playing a character that I actually want to play versus if I'm playing like this is, I have I have a like a side goal or whatever just to get every character into Elite Smash. Yeah. And uh, when I'm playing those characters, I find a lot more tactics that my opponents are using to be quite frustrating. Yeah. Well, I was I was actually going to talk about this, which is like, is there value in like trying new characters through the quick play system as you're trying to learn them? Uh, yeah, I think that there's definitely value in it. Like you still get the the different uh, play styles of the game. It's like it's like any game, you know. If you play, if you t- learn to play everything, you are better against those things as well. Like any chess grandmaster, you know, knows how to play every opening. Any uh, you know anybody that plays Magic at a high level pretty much plays every deck or has played you know every every archetype. Uh, and I think that to be a high-level Smash player, you kind of at least have to understand the basics of, of all the different characters' kits. Yeah, that's totally fair. Uh, let's go on to... Let's go on to uh, Arena. And you and I play with each other in Arena's basically, like, 
I don't know what three times a week. Yeah. What, what, yeah, at least that much. I would say on on some weeks we're getting probably seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> if we're lucky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what what is the what do you think like at least when you're playing with me or you're playing with Maxwell? Like what that's is that different that you're trying to get out of than when you go into the elite or uh, Smash Arenas? Yeah, I would say that the it's very different playing against you versus Maxwell. Even just to be honest, like it's uh, when I'm playing against Maxwell, I'm often trying to just do the same thing I'm trying to do in quick play, which is just like understand my own my own flow, right? Not really necessarily worrying about what my opponent is doing. Um, I don't know, man. Maxwell like, schnitzes uh, sometimes. Like, I'm like Maxwell's it's more like extended laboratory practice, right? Like sure. Uh, whereas when I'm playing against you. You tend to punish a lot of my bad habits, so mostly what I'm trying to learn is how not to have these habits. Okay. Interesting. I, I think that I have a similar approach with, with Maxwell, where, like, and we're talking about, like, a six-year-old here, for those who don't know, my six-year-old has played in his first Smash tournament uh, with us just this, this last, a couple, like, two weeks ago. And uh, it, it's interesting, because, like, uh, I find myself trying to punish his bad habits when I'm playing with him, like, mm. really hard. Like, that's all I'm trying to do. And uh, it has, I, I mean, you can attest this, it has forced him to adjust in a lot of different ways, where, like, he, like, incorporates fire breath, or he incorporates, like, different stuff uh, with his Bowser. And I, I, it is, it is very different than when I'm playing, like, when I play on those arenas, uh, that are what's so funny is I should probably treat quick play this way, and you'll probably tell me this. But when I play in those are like elite smash arenas, when I have time, I'm usually like trying to just jam rematch, 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 and like try to get as much out of like this person with this main that is doing this as possible. Mm -hmm. I've also never been cheesed in an arena, so maybe I'm lucky. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, it's mostly Captain Falcons, I guess. Yeah, your hatred grows forever. It's not. It's. It's honestly. I have nothing against the character. I like playing Captain Falcon. I like watching Captain Falcon when they're good players. But it's just he yeah. is the most memey character in the game. Yeah, when I'm playing against you, I'm mostly trying to learn because you have such a vast number of characters that you at least like either have elite smash with or have like a basic understanding of the character. And so one of the things that I've really enjoyed lately that we've been doing is we've been playing a lot of random dittos. Like, mm -hmm. like a, a ton of random dittos. And like, I got, for example, like if I'd gotten playing a random ditto, like a month ago, I probably would have been upset. Like, oh, I don't want to do this. This sounds really boring, like, or like really frustrating. And I just have been using it more as opportunities to learn, uh, because I have a, a best friend who just happens to have, you know, 60 characters in a lead or whatever. Hmm. So I think arenas can be really valuable. I do actually recommend, like, anyone, like, get, if you're, like, trying to get into Smash, get on a Discord call and get an arena with somebody. It is, like, it is not as good as them coming, like, over to your house or whatever, but it's, it's close. Like, if, I think that if I had, like, perfect internet, we probably wouldn't even, like, care that much. Yeah, it would certainly be uh, more ideal. I mean, there, there are days when it's better than others, but. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about practice versus prep. Or no, let's 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 rewind. I want to talk about tournaments because I think that's something that you and I underutilize, 
as an opportunity that we probably could as both of us like you know they're you okay you need a second uh tournaments is a uh, sorry yeah i'm just something in my throat but you need to go get a watermelon ah no i'm fine okay I want to talk about tournaments before we move on, just as something that you and I probably underutilize, right? Where we don't do online tournaments enough. Online tournaments are usually usually happen in an arena uh, hosted by the tournament organizer, or you make an arena with your opponent, um, uh, depending on like feature matches and stuff like that, and you kind of go through it. Uh, my first feature match I ever had in Smash was actually in an arena uh, on a on a on a Smash stream, and. Um, there, there. You get, you get this like um, this very different experience because you're playing against players that are regionally different than you. And one of the things that's really interesting about Smash is it has regional meta games that are very distinct. And it's funny because people often talk about this in like other games. Like um, I, I hear a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh players talk about this and Magic players talk about this in like TCGs. But like the like for example, like if you play Rocket League. Like, the metagame doesn't change when you go somewhere else, right? If you play, like, CSGO, the metagame doesn't change. If you play if you play League of Legends, the metagame doesn't change regionally because they're confined into this, like, single game that everyone is following the same rules. And they're, like, maybe, like, the pick changes might be different, but, like, you're not going to a tournament for... League of Legends and having people ban different characters than they would ban anywhere else because the, everyone has like does the same thing. Whereas in a game like Smash, there are just different characters, different players playing characters. The, the better you are, these are the characters that you're going to run against. And so your <laughs> wealth of knowledge and experience changes according to where you play at. And that can impact your play style, your understanding of matchups. And online tournaments are actually a great way to gain that faster. And in fact, it is the main way that the Japanese players engage with the game. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I fully believe that I could benefit a lot from playing online tournaments. I think one of the biggest differences between tournament play and Elite Smash uh, is that even pretty high, like high into Elite Smash, like even at like the pretty top level, people tend to have the same habits and they don't really adapt very well. Um, so, like, I think Elite Smash is a really good way of, like, uh, understanding what a common response is to this situation and understanding how to punish that. But it's not, it doesn't work like that in tournaments very often. Like, usually your opponent is, like, if they're willing to go to a tournament, they're usually going to be good enough to understand the game at a level where they're going to adapt to what you're doing. <laughs> um, and I suspect that online tournaments are pretty similar to that. Like, it takes a lot more commitment to uh, register for a tournament than to even be like pretty high level in Elite Smash. Yeah, to kind of speak to what you just said, this is this is something I've noticed dedicating the last little while to like, I don't know, it might sound like a lot, a lot, but it's a lot for me, like a hundred or so matches to online play this month. Um, it's just that like the, and I, I want to be clear that like I've played some games of Elite with, uh, I think it's Pyramithra. But like that's all the elite that I played. Um, the 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 what what you just said is absolutely true. Where like you'll you'll run into these situations again and again and again, and then you just have to adapt to them. And there's no counterplay in games two and three, 
right? There's not even counterplay within the game often. It's like, I'm fishing for this thing. Okay, how do I beat you fishing for this thing? And I, that just doesn't happen in tournaments. Um, mm-hmm. And it, what's so funny is that when we watch sets online, I or we watch sets together, I'm like, this person is clearly fishing for this. And they, like, this is how this person's adapting. And we see it, right? We see it when we watch tournament play. And if we're seeing it, um, it's probably likely the other person seeing it too. And you you get to watch like an evolution of the game happen in tournaments that I have not noticed online, or at least in quick way. Yeah, yeah, certainly rare. And I mean, I, even more than that, I was thinking of like, uh, they're like more high pressure situations than like neutral, right? Like I think that Elite Smash is really good for understanding what people tend to do in scramble situations because everybody's brain kind of works the same. Uh, like, for example, like, I, I know that you compliment me on my ledge trapping pretty often, but it's because, like, I have just seen the scenario so much, and I know how to put myself into their shoes really well. So, like, if I go for a certain option, I know what their response is going to be. So, like, I will, like, you know, for example, with Zero Suit, like, a lot of times I'll, like, feign the down smash and then go uh, go for a jump read, because, like, that's what everybody's response is to this spot. Or, like, you know, if I'm playing a Joker or whatever, I'll, like, be spamming the back air or whatever, and then people do neutral get up and you go for a grab. It's, like... These are these are very common responses to these things, but I, you don't really get that in tournament play as often. Yeah, I actually have to compliment you uh, today against that Byleth that I was talking about. Uh, they were they were coming off the angel plat real quick. I was like, ah, oh, I dealt with this. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So I think I think the tournament online tournaments is like. Especially if, like, maybe your Smash scene, local scene, isn't that great, right? Like, maybe it's not something you do. We are kind of lucky in Utah. Uh, I, I've noticed just in gaming in general, if you want to play board games, if you want to play D&D, if you want to play a TCG, like, if you want to game in Utah, it's really easy. And not not everywhere is like that. And this, this is a solution to that. Yep, Absolutely. I mean, I think that's one of the main reasons why a lot of these people came up uh, on Wi-Fi. Like, I mean, uh, especially if you're not living in in the United States or whatever. Like, uh, Sonics lives in. Uh, is it Argentina? Like Dominican Republic, maybe. Uh, maybe, maybe that's right. I don't remember either. Yeah, um, and then you know, uh, I I don't know what the tournament scene looks like in Mexico. I'm sure it's pretty good, depending on where you're at. But like, you know, well, it depends on what. Yeah, uh, the part of Mexico. Mexico is a, yeah, yeah. a big country, and like. I mean the yeah, same thing. Sure. The same thing of the U.S., right? And one of the one of the hard things that that is true about this is like we talked about the importance of a good setup and a good Wi-Fi connection, but like that also means that you need to live in an area where you can you can have that happen. And it is mm-hmm. likely that a lot of those things don't cross over. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I I played I played some Smash with somebody with satellite internet, uh, and it, it went pretty well during the times where the government wasn't using the satellite internet. Uh, but they also have, like, times where they tell you what's going to happen. They're like, hey, right. during these hours, the government's using this. You, you, your internet's going to be worse. So. Right. Uh, I want to talk about practice versus prep really quick. And we, we've kind of covered this. This is kind of like the last talking point on this one. But what? how do you view using online for practice, which is like practicing your character versus preparation, which is preparing for a tournament? Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, I don't think that Elite Smash is a very good way to prepare for a tournament. Um, I think that 
Oftentimes, you really want more targeted practice. Like, uh, Elite Smash is really good for just practicing. Uh, I don't know if ambiguously is the right word, but just like just general practice, right? Like getting better at your movement, better at your character, uh, better at the flow of the game. Uh, whereas when you're trying to prepare for a tournament, you might want to be testing a specific matchup or like, you know, uh, practicing on, on specific stages, things like that. I mean, I'll just say this, like I'm a, I, one of the cool things about Smash is that you probably know your bracket a couple days in advance for like a, a major, right? You, mm -hmm. you know, your opponent, they're going to, they're going to complete that bracket. They're going to give you time to look. You're going to see who you can play in winners, who, who, who you could start with, who you can play in winners, who you can play in losers. And you can at least get that much practice if you have the wealth of people to practice against. But the thing is, is that you probably can get that practice better offline with all those people in one place than you ever could online. So preparation to me can happen online, right? Like you can get an arena with these people and you can like gain a basic understanding and make a game plan, right? That, that can happen online. But as far as like intricate, uh, in-depth matchup practice, I think that almost always has to happen offline. You look like you're disagreeing. Yeah, I, I don't think that I agree with that necessarily. Like, I, I think one of the best ways to get specific matchup practice is to just go to one of the character discords and then talk to somebody that mains that character, and you can get some games. Like, because the thing is, it's not really. I like this the thing a you lot. lose. The thing you lose in IRL games is. Uh, from IRL games is like reaction times, right? So, so like you might lose a matchup that you could possibly win because you can't react to something. Um, but it's, it's you're still going to be able to get a fundamental understanding of how to play the matchup. Right? Like for instance, one of my weaknesses right now uh is Bowser Jr because I do not understand how to beat the side B into aerial with ZSS and it would probably benefit me greatly to just get a hold of somebody in the Discord, you know, say I'm a zero suit main looking for practice against Bowser Jr. And uh, just, you know, I can also get their thoughts if they want to jump on a Discord and like they can say, you know, this is how I've usually lost when I've played this this way against zero suit or you know, etc. That's good feedback, Matt. That's really good. I love that. Uh, so that's the preparation part. The practice part, though, I think we've covered pretty well. Like, I think I think that. Uh, if as long as you're focusing on your specific character, your specific interaction, uh, understanding what you're trying to punish from what your opponent's doing, online play across the board outside of tournaments, which we've covered, is actually pretty good at this. Yep. There are things that it does not help with, though. It is important to get as much IRL practice as you can, because you will notice if you go to like IRL tournaments that people tend to parry uh more intentionally like you can parry online quite often i think uh, like I, I definitely can get some parries online um but uh i don't know especially if you watch if for anybody that's never played in a tournament just like watch any high level gameplay and you'll notice that there are tons of moves that are spaced to where they can't be punished normally and then at that point the only option is to fish for parries and that's not really the kind of practice you can get online yeah i i also think that um uh, I watched I watched uh, a couple of clips today where I was noticing people spot dodging a lot more. And I was like, I actually thought to myself, I think that person plays online a lot because they can't parry in those situations where parry mm -hmm. actually might be better. Right. Um, and I actually think that, like, it's fine. Like, spot dodge punishes are also really good as long as they also work in this situation. 
Yeah, I think that... So if you watch top-level use of spot dodge versus low-level use, it's actually very interesting, because uh, if you watch uh, Proto Banham use spot dodge, he uses spot dodge in neutral in a really weird way. It's like run-up spot dodge down smash with Lucina is like a pretty common thing that I've That's seen That's hot. Do. I'm gonna watch. And it's that. like really interesting. Whereas, like normally for like a Wi-Fi grinder like myself, like usually it's I'm trying to hit you with something. Oh, whoops! I accidentally hit shield and don't want to get punished, so I'm gonna spot dodge. Yeah. <laughs> or well, yeah. I I we we I actually would love to do like a whole podcast on like the like I, oh you know what we should do? Just throwing this out here. You know, podcast. Let's just let us know if you want to. We should do a podcast on our bad habits. Like, what mm-hmm. are our bad habits, and why are they bad habits? That'd be a fun one. Uh, that's going to do it for this topic, though. I, I hope it was helpful. It was a lot more back and forth, and honestly, like, I think that engaging with online play in all the games that I've played competitively has benefited me, and recognizing that and how it helps you is really important, even though there's, like, this uh, this fear and this... this uh, I don't know why Smash has this, but like it's really like some some stigma around it. Uh, I I promise that it will help you. It will help you get better. It will give you more opportunities to improve. And this podcast is about always improving, so we'll always preach that. Uh, all right, it's time for our last segment before we say goodbye. It is Turning Talk. Matt, you only watched one of the sets. I assume you haven't watched more since then of Quid's win. I have not gotten around to watching more of them, but uh, the one that we watched together was was pretty hype. Yeah, so we, we Matt and I watched together Jackal versus uh, Quid at Quid's win at High Res. And Matt, the reason I want to talk about Quid's win is um, we both listened to, uh, I don't know if you finished the podcast uh, by Coach's Corner, which is my, my favorite Smash podcast. If you're listening to this and not listening to Coach's Corner, I'll once again say you should go listen to Coach's Corner. Um <laughs> But it was really interesting. They, they they had an interesting way of looking at player skill. And you asked me a question about Quid, and I don't know the answer, and I thought about it since then. What did you ask me? Uh, so I think on the podcast, they were, they were describing the different levels of players, and they were saying that some top players are like Super Saiyan mid-level players, and the way that they had described mid-level player was somebody that's like, basically a character specialist, like they don't necessarily have all the fundamentals perfectly uh, or they're not like, you know, uh, playing, like they wouldn't do very good in randoms, basically, like they're not playing the game in that kind of way, but they know everything about their character and their flow chart is perfect and like uh, uh, yeah, they're just like every situation with that specific character, they kind of know what to do. So, um, I'll, I'll say this. I watched the entire top 16 all the way through I might have watched before that because I think this match was top whatever mm-hmm. I did not stop watching I was tuned in it was actually one of the most fun tournaments I've ever watched at IRS. shout out to them the commentary was great um, and I this is the second time I've watched Quid win an event where I was like how how is this person not top 10 like, he looks like the best player in the world. Like, he doesn't just look good with... Like, obviously, he only plays one character. Um, but also, this is the reason that I like Pokemon Trainer. Like, for those who don't know, Pokemon Trainer is, like, easily one of my top five most played characters. And uh, one of his the critiques from him 
from his win at was it make big moves? I don't. I'm not sure. You're uh, asking a lot for me to remember a tournament. Uh, it was come like on. a year ago. <laughs> uh, he, from his last win was that he was an Ivy main, and that was. I mean, you only watch one set. That's abundantly not true anymore, right, Matt? Yeah, I would say if anything, he he's, was specifically not going Ivysaur. He was like Squirrel Charizard main in that matchup, right? Yeah. Like he, the thing, the thing that was so impressive. I, I literally, I don't know if I tweeted this, but I definitely said it to at least Maxwell. I was like, Maxwell, we might not be able to watch this, man. I just want to like be a PT man again. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, that he does everything I love about the character so well, and I've watched a, all the Pokemon trainers. I've watched Tweak. I've watched Leffen, I've watched Quid, I've watched... Uh, there was a, a viral clip not not too long ago. I guess it is long now. Holy crap, we're old, man. Where MKLeo... Where everybody was asked the best character in Smash. And um, MKLeo uh, like, just was like, it's Pokemon Trainer, it's not close. This was before the Ivysaur nerfs and the Squirtle and uh, Charizard buffs. And... Dude, he, he made... He made this character look easily top five like there like it didn't matter what he was up against he one of the pokemon had an answer in the situation which is like what you want that character to be if you're a main of it right mm-hmm. um i gotta ask you man like you've you've seen quid play i don't know how many matches like where does he kind of rank in your head uh as far as like just initial impressions. Um, I don't know. I, I think he, uh, I mean, not, not to say that like Jackal's not a top player because clearly he's making that name for himself right now, but I, I would like to see him play more against like the, uh, you know, the, outside of the tri-state of, yeah. leave, leave the tri-state area. Yeah. I would love to see some matches with him against like Tweak and Leo and, you know, Spargo and Akala and, you know, yeah, he 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 doesn't travel a lot, and it, it's like it's like get this man a team, get him to some events. That's mm-hmm. that's actually what I was gonna say to end this segment. It was like we gotta get quit to some events. Like somebody's <laughs> got to sponsor this guy because you know just kind of watching it. It was the precision in which he did some of those things, like this the Squirtle forward smash kills. Like he had those unlock. Uh, he pulled out like the two frame uppies with Squirtle that I like. I actually didn't even know existed. I, th- mm. How old is this game? Did I, and I didn't know that Squirtle could two frame below ledge or or hit below ledge with that uppy when it's spaced properly. And then you know his his ability like to mix up his up smashes with his up tilts with Charizard. Like as a as a pseudo Charizard man, I can promise you that like that is so hard to defend because it's like two very different hitboxes at two very different speeds. Uh, and he, I don't know. Uh, I was just impressed. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely looked really impressive. I'm trying to think back to the question that uh, we were originally talking about, whether, whether I believe that he's like, uh, you know, a fundamentals top player or like a more of a character specialist. Like he knows everything about the spacing. And I think you could go, either way for like some of these things like i think that the jab block stuff that he was doing with squirtle was like clearly just like a fundamentals thing because you could do that with basically any character right um well i think that's pokemon trainer as like a character though it's just like fundy's character yeah actually that's interesting that's a that's probably a hot take to be honest with you 
I think that the biggest criticism I've heard from top level play, at least, is that Pokemon Trainer's problem is that he's very flowcharty, and like if the kit doesn't work in this matchup, then it's just Ooh, a bad matchup. Okay, that's fair. Hmm. I think that that's quite reinventing the wheel, though. I mean, they, who knows? I mean, that, I think that is considering like that you. you I mean, that's interesting. I, I think that that is something that I've heard as well. I, I will say, I will say this as like kind of my last thought on this one, and like. Quid is uh, Quid is like one of my top ten favorite players to watch, just because of the way, like, he understands his character. But like, character mm-hmm. specialists are dominating, and Quid is just another example of it happening. Yeah, I think that character specialists are turning out to be the way to go. Honestly, like, uh, the the main stuff works out for some of the really great players, but for the most part, like, it seems like, uh. You're better off just picking some character and just playing out your bad matchups. <laughs> yeah, it, it it has really uh, that's that's kind of the point I wanted to get to is like another another solo main. I'm not doing anything else. Gets through there, and it makes you wonder like it, was this the way to play ultimate the whole time? Shouldn't nobody have like if if for example like if Tweak had stuck out Wario or Pokemon Trainer uh, or Wolf the whole time. All characters that I would argue are better than Diddy Kong. Like, what would Tweak be? If if MKLeo had stuck out Joker, what would what would MKLeo be? I guess he'd still be MKLeo. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's an interesting question, and like we're seeing the rise of things like we're seeing the, the rise of these char- these character specialists, and I think it's really cool. Uh, if people want to talk about Smash with you, the best place to do with Matt is honestly just, like, tag him in the He's a Game Media Discord. He's he's not going to check his Twitter. Yeah, that's pretty unlikely. I mean, you might get really lucky. Like, I check my Twitter maybe once every, like, two, three months. How, how many Twitter followers did you gain since doing this podcast? Did you look? No idea. It, it's I some. I know it's some. I <laughs> looked. Uh, it's probably not that much, but uh, how many Twitter followers do we have to get for you to check Twitter to talk about Smash or like post Twitter Smash clips? I just don't think that that's something that interests me, to be honest with you. Ah, fair enough. But it was is there a number though? <laughs> if I had a million followers, mm, all right, all right. You can follow me at Spencer Thirteen H. Uh, it's where I do Magic the Gathering uh, and Smash and nerd stuff. Uh, you can follow me on threads also at Spencer13H. Uh, is, uh, I plan on doing the same thing there um, when Twitter inevitably collapses. Follow He's Game Media uh, at uh, He's Game Media uh, and then check out things like the Constructive Criticism, Drafting Archetypes, and Need to Nerd podcasts on the network. Uh, you can like, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget that if you love this content and you want to sponsor just one episode, let us know. We'd be happy to uh, you up on that. Thank you very so much for listening. We'll see you guys all next time, next month, with another episode of Smash Through.